Welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. I am Sister Julie Marie Benedicta. I am Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. And today we have with us Sister Mary Leah Hill. We are so delighted to have her with us today. You might know her on social media as the Krabby Mystic. Or she's glaring. She's glaring at me. Yeah. <laughs> so it, you you can picture like grumpy cat in a habit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that made you happy. I'm glad that made you happy. That made her smile. She's got a, a lovely picture of grumpy cat on on her office door that makes me smile every time I come by it. I'm not sure that's the intention, but it works. Yep. So, Sister Leah, we're excited to have you here with us today and to um, just kind of break open some of these passages. And I thought maybe, do you want to introduce yourself just a little bit first so that people know who we're talking to? What if I say no? <laughs> we'll introduce you for you, which is way more dangerous. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Where are you from? Oh, Lynn, Massachusetts. Mm. Lynn, Lynn, the city of sin. <laughs> You never come out the way you go in. I was waiting for it. <laughs> it's our theme song. <laughs> and how long have you been a daughter of St. Paul? Since 1964. Okay. And you're not going to do math for us? No. Okay. Because I can't. I know I did my 50th anniversary. Uh-huh. But how many more years after that, I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and what verse did you pick for us today? It's Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And what made you pick this passage as one to share? Well, because I've been thinking about virtues for a while now. And it used to be that my favorite passage was, It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. But I was thinking maybe I should go back um, to the beginning which would be baptism into Christ and putting on Christ and what that means. <clears throat> so that's where I am. You went back to the basics. The basics, yeah. <laughs> when it all began. <laughs> awesome. I love how different this verse is. I think it's really, it's like such a unique kind of way that Paul expresses kind of stepping into that conformity with Christ. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it seems kind of um, obvious, but also not obvious <laughs> as to what he means by putting on Christ. So do you have any like particular way of breaking that open that you think might be helpful? Well, when we're baptized, it used to be anyways that you were dunked into the water. <laughs> In my day, it was just the sprinkling. Probably most people, that's all you get. But it means um, that we are, we die in the waters of baptism and rise again as one with Christ in uh, part of his his life. And so um, putting on Christ then would be, you know, what, what happened to us. And we represent it usually by putting on um, a baptismal garment, <clears throat> some usually some kind of white dress. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's nice if it's the family dress. Because it almost means like you're passing on the faith mm-hmm. when next generation wears the same 
dress. Cool. It's kind of mm-hmm. cute. I actually didn't know that. We didn't do that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know but some I know people, people do. Some people have a tradition of making the baptismal gown out of their wedding dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. Or out yeah. of their mother's wedding dress yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Never out of the father's tuxedo. Not typically, no. <laughs> no. It might be a little scratchy. <laughs> yeah, a little scratchy, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking of this, too, and it was reminding me of uh, when I was a campus minister. And uh, we had an RCIA group come through. And typically, most of the kids um, coming through the RCIA program at that time uh, didn't need to be baptized. Most of them just were entering into the church and, uh, you know, maybe being confirmed, sometimes making their first communion or, or whatever. But um, but my second year there, there was a student who needed to be baptized. And um, so we were trying to figure out exactly how to work this all out in the context of a campus ministry is a little bit uh, less easy than with a parish. And uh, it's not like we have a baptistry, you know, just kind of like in the classroom where we had mass or something, you know. But uh, the pastor ended up just bringing um, an alb that the altar servers would normally wear and uh, and giving that to him uh, to wear. And but at a certain point, uh, we realized that this alb was never coming back. And so we asked after it and said, you know, we could really use that back in the closet. Whenever you have a chance to return it, that would be helpful. And he gave us this really confused look. And, and it turned out that he had heard during the time of baptism, he had been told to keep this garment clean, clean and unblemished, you know. And uh, and he took that very literally. So he took the actual alb itself and he wrapped it up and he um, – you know, put it with mothballs and like put it in like this nice little zipper case that he left in his closet. And uh, and we had to kind of clarify, like we weren't literally meaning like the actual <laughs> garment, but that the church is telling him, you know, what the garment is symbolizing through this. And it was it was just really beautiful to me to to have this this young man. So first of all, really listening to the ritual, which yeah. was kind of mm. cool, um, but also really uh just so passionate and desirous of of doing what the church was calling him to in the act of baptism and and even if he was kind of misinterpreting it a little bit like there was something really beautiful in his in his zeal for for that and wanting to protect it and yeah it's just it, it almost kind of like highlights actually what the symbol is for mm-hmm. a little bit more just kind of cool yeah cuz if we put that much effort into really like kind of kind of creating that space of openness for Jesus to really live in us and, and for keeping our metaphorical garment mm-hmm. clean. I mean, yeah, we'd be doing great. Yeah, we would. <laughs> like, yeah. But it really does take that kind of constant um, re-examining of ourselves to make sure that we really are listening and that we really are letting Jesus be and act in us. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing that occurred to me was, you know, it's not exactly on the same line, but we also read in the Passion that the soldiers, you know, made it a point mm-hmm. to um, to gamble for the garments of Jesus. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, they didn't want to tear up the the main yeah. um, piece. I forget what it's called. I think the his tunic. tunic. His is tunic, yeah. Yeah. Translated, yeah. But, you know, that was his actual physical garments. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a kind of interesting little side reflection. It is, yeah. yeah. On putting on the garments of Christ. Yeah, because someone presumably did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think the, the intentionality behind that word and, and the effort that it requires to put something on um, 
I really love how Paul kind of fleshes that out in this in this verse that when when we are baptized, we really are um in a sense making an oath to to the Lord that we will really kind of remain open to him in our lives and that we will walk with him through the rest of our lives. And I love how in um Paul talks about putting on Christ in a couple of different places in his letters. Um, and one of the other places is Colossians. And in Colossians, he actually names like the different virtues, um, like like clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Um, and he talks about forgiveness. And then on top of all of these, putting on love. And I, I remember when I was a kid, my dad went to Austria once um, for a business trip and he brought back one of those traditional little Austrian dresses for, for kids. And it had all these pieces to it. So there was a skirt, there was a little white shirt, there was like this little vest part of it. And then there was something that tied it all. And I wasn't big into dresses at that point in my life, but I loved that dress. And I would go through all kinds of inconveniences to wear that dress because I just loved it. It spoke of a relationship to me. It, it spoke of my relationship to my dad and um, because he had picked that out for me. It wasn't my mom who picked mm-hmm. it out. He had picked it out. And so that was so special for me. And I went to a lot of effort to have to put that on and do the buttons at the back by myself when I was little with my little arms, you know. But I think that's also really beautiful of a beautiful indication of how like our Heavenly Father really does desire baptism for us. And he kind of, in a sense, he picks that out for us. He's like, mm-hmm. This, like only this, only the most beautiful and the best for my child. Um, And when he gifts that to us through his son, like it is worth every effort. And we really do kind of need to step back and and see with new eyes how beautiful that is and to really cherish it as that kind of gift that comes out of a relationship. And sometimes he does pick out a particular one of these virtues for yeah. us to wear. Yeah. You know, it, it may be our more outstanding one. Maybe somebody's a little more humble than others, a little more kind, a little mm-hmm. better at patience. You know, and then you, know, you might not get all the pieces, you know, <laughs> on correctly, but he specializes in that one. But I was thinking about the part about put on love, especially, mm. but the love of Christ, which was sacrificial, yeah. freely offered and unto death. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we don't reflect on our love in those, in the same terms as Jesus. Yeah. You know, he's showing us, he showed us literally what it means to love. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't sometimes get it quite as clearly, you know, with very tragic how everything ended for Jesus, but he's showing us to the extent we must, lo- we must love. Yeah. And then the effects of it. Mm, yeah. I always, I was always very struck how, um, after Jesus' death and and the preparation, when they're preparing his body for burial, they they anoint him with the same spices that are mentioned in Psalm forty five, um, which are which are bridal actually bridal mm-hmm. spices, and they they were also the spices of embalming or of death. Mm-hmm. And then they they had to wrap him, like wrap his body, and he actually mm-hmm. left those shrouds behind and like. You know, like folded them up and yeah. threw one over, folded the other one up. And um, I was always so struck by kind of praying with uh, that that passage where Mary Magdalene sees him for the first time and initially mistakes him for the gardener. Like, yeah, what was he wearing? What, what was he wearing in that moment where he not only had triumphed 
like had shown us, as you say, Sister Leah, the the full extent that love goes, but then also shows us the effect of it, like that mm. triumph over death, that life everlasting. Um, and, and to be able to see him like garbed and alive and how much all those pieces of clothing have actually come to mean to the church, all the things he left behind, like mm. the the cloth that Veronica used um, that we celebrate in the Stations of the Cross and then the shroud and the veil from scripture, like those have meant so much to us because they speak of that love. Um, and I always love to imagine him like wearing this this new garment in his resurrection, but still smelling like the bride, the bride right. who died. Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what he smelt like. Mm-hmm. So it's like this amazing kind of combination of those are the things that we put on. Like we put on those clothes. We put on the scent of a bride. Like we have all of those different aspects to our clothes. Like if we put our clothes in mothballs, they're going to smell like mothballs. <laughs> if we put like little scented sachets in our drawers, that's what they'll smell like. Yeah. So I think it's so beautiful that there's like this whole combination of all the things physical and all the things spiritual that we bring both to our baptism and to our lives that Christ has really made tangible for us to be able to understand them. Mm-hmm. As you were talking to Sister Leah about you know, like sometimes the Lord picks out a particular virtue or something that gets highlighted and that's what we put on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think too, like he knows the thing that I struggle in yeah. <laughs> and and the thing that maybe I, um, whatever the opposite of highlight is. You know, like you like, keep forgetting your left shoe there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And But the thing is that he, um, if I've put on Christ, he makes up for that. Mm-hmm. He covers it. He, he fills it in and it's, and it's, the grace of baptism that kind of allows for that, that allows me to grow in it, that allows me to kind of take on his appearance there, that allows that, you know, I think of like, I don't know, for some reason I'm getting the image of like a, a piece of clay and like smoothing it out, you know, filling in the the gap where you didn't want one and just kind of like smoothing that out. And he fills that in and covers it up and, and um, not in a sense of like hiding it, but like actually changing it in me so that so that the virtue is there so that the virtue becomes visible and that's like the that's the continual conversion that we're called to right because one of the things that i loved was you you had us um praying with galatians 327 but you also pointed out romans 1314 and in romans 1314 it says um put on christ so it's like mm-hmm. It's it's a command, right? Yeah. And in Galatians, it says, if you are baptized, you have put on Christ. And I love holding those two things together of in the one case, it's been done. And in the other case, I'm being exhorted to do it more. Mm-hmm. And and that it is always just kind of an ongoing process and like something that has to happen, yes, at baptism, but also every day and sometimes multiple times a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we're thinking it's, it's like it is for us here and at least in our community and many other religious orders, you put on the habit every day. Mm -hmm. Even the sisters who don't wear a habit put on their commitment to Christ every day. And however they do, sometimes they wear a sign, but their intention is to put on Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's it's something we have to do intentionally every day. Actually, every Christian does. Mm-hmm. You put on your likeness to Christ every day, right? Anew, because it's so so easy to put on the opposite, yeah. or to take yeah. off the garments <laughs> yeah. of Christ. Yeah, you know, which in you know, in the words of virtue would be vice. Yes, you know the lack of right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you know we have to always put it on intentionally. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's part of the reason that so many Christians wear something on their person mm. as almost maybe it's a sign, outward sign to other people, but almost even as a reminder to themselves, like that's why we wear a wedding ring, you know, if we're married to remind ourselves in a sense, mm. not just as a sign of like, hey, I'm taken, but you know, I've made a covenant, you yeah. know, or why we wear, we might wear like a cross under our clothes sometimes just to remind us like to have that kind of pressing on our, on our chest to remind us like, this is the heart of our life. It's mm. not... Um, it's not, you know, necessarily how I feel today or whatever else might be driving me, but like this is yeah. where it all is at. And it reminds us to mm. what mm-hmm. we've put on in the morning, hopefully when we kind of dedicate ourselves anew to God. Mm. And with that, with like the little symbols that we wear, whether it's whether it's a full body habit or whether it's a <laughs> crucifix underneath our underneath our shirt or um or a bumper sticker even mm-hmm. like there's there's ways in which those are really beautiful witnesses like they can be testimony to to what it is that we're living for but when there's um let's say a dissonance between mm-hmm. what we are showing with these signs and with whatever we're putting on um and and our actions that can be really jarring for people i remember when i was in uh, in college um, my car broke down and I needed to buy a new car. I had like a 40 minute commute and I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do without a car. And so, um, I went, I went car shopping and the only one that the lot in this little tiny town had that I could afford had one of those little fish on it. Oh yeah. And it wasn't that I didn't want to witness to my faith on my car, but it was more just that I was so nervous that I was going to cut somebody off and tick them off and they were going to like associate it with this <laughs> this person who who was broadcasting their faith on their car, you know? So like it's interesting. And, and I find that too, like even in the habit, like if I go and I'm like, if I go on a red eye flight or something and I'm cranky because it's two o'clock in the morning, I have to be really attentive mm-hmm. to how I am interacting with the people around me because one look at me and they know who I at least pretend to stand for. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> and I become like a spokesperson for that. And and mm-hmm. and I think that that's, um, that's something that that's important too, is like when we put something on, it's visible. Yeah. It's like in the army, they used to talk about respecting the uniform or not yeah. disgracing right. the uniform. Right. Or, or sometimes you'll hear that same metaphor applied to the flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's so important because it really does remind you that you are actually representing and living for something greater than yourself. And when we kind of wake up in the morning and recommit our day um, to to Christ, like that's a really beautiful thing to remember is like mm. not not to tell yourself, I'm not going to disgrace the uniform today, but like to really <laughs> say, like, I want to live. I want to live true to mm-hmm. Christ that I'm putting on and, and Christ that I've been clothed with in my baptism, whether we remember our baptism or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah, it's it's a really kind of powerful moment of of recommitment, I think, for us. Mm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't speak well to my my online name. Crabby Mystic. Yeah. <laughs> 2 a.m. Red Eye Flight Mystic. <laughs> well, I suppose it depends on how you do it, <laughs> how you go about being crabby. Well, it's supposed to be where I am mm-hmm. between nature and grace. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By nature, I'm crabby. But by the grace of God, I'm supposed to become you know, not a mystic in the sense of the great mystics, but somebody who thinks about God right. and is seeking God. 
Right. So, yeah. Yeah. We're sitting on the fence between the two. <laughs> and and none of us is ever going to get it perfect either. No. Right. And that's maybe one of the ways in which God provides opportunities for us to grow in humility. Right. <laughs> exactly. Or some of those other wonderful virtues yeah. that are listed there. Sanctify the people around us so they can put on patience because <laughs> we right. forgot ours today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really true. Mm-hmm. So uh, another of the verses that Sister Leah shared in, <laughs> in our preparation for this episode was uh, from Colossians chapter 3, um, 12 to 15, you decided? Yeah, 12 to 15. Um, so it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you so also you must forgive. And over all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body. And be thankful. Hmm. And I think what I liked the most about that passage is that I think it kind of breaks open the other two. It kind of gives them a little bit more context or a little it tells you a little bit more what he's trying to say in those other two passages because it's a little bit more explicit about what he means by putting on Christ um, these characteristics of Christ but the other thing I really loved is just how much it roots it all in love that yeah. it's not that we're doing these things so that we can tick off the boxes or meet the benchmarks or you know hit the guidelines but that it's all because of love that this is the way that our behavior is affected by our love and I think like with love as that core desire really mm -hmm. driving everything, um, we kind of remember why we're doing all of this and why we're clothing ourselves. And we can look to Christ, too, to understand why he did what he did, why he wants to live in us and why he does dwell within us. Um, and there's there's a beautiful quote from C.S. Lewis that I really love where he's kind of breaking open this idea of, you know, often when we sin, like we'll say like, well, you know, my desire was just so strong for this thing that I shouldn't have done. But C.S. Lewis is kind of pointing out to us that no, it's not that our desires are too strong. It's actually that they're too weak. Like we're not desiring the fullness of something and we're settling for something far less. Mm. And I think that this kind of draws us into what C.S. Lewis talks about when he's expressing like, if you have, if you have extended to you eternal joy and eternal happiness why would you ever settle for anything less and i think this is a really beautiful way of tying that together of if you are offered to put on love even if it's a little bit difficult like even if it involves you know like a difficult tie that you have to master or whatever why would you settle for the little scratchy thing when you could <laughs> have like the most beautiful the most comfortable the thing that you were actually made for why wouldn't why would you not choose that and I, I really love how Paul kind of C.S. Lewis and Paul were on the same page, basically mm -hmm. in here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's but that's all part of conversion, right? Because um, it might be that the the beautiful, comfy, luxurious, fluffy robe or whatever that, you know that maybe God is <laughs> offering me feels scratchy and suffocating and mm -hmm. tight mm -hmm. and uncomfortable while I'm in the state that I'm in right now, you right. know? Mm -hmm. So it's like as I grow and as I kind of um, conform myself more to Christ, that's going to fit more comfortably and my yeah. skin is going to recognize it as, as soft and luxurious. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's like those virtues then acclimate us mm. to 
what it is that we're being asked to be to put on and, and, and it ends up feeling better, feeling more of a better fit um, than it did before. Yeah. That's all the virtues are part of love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, you know, mm-hmm. it's just that we can't understand love well as a single word. We need all the little pieces, like a jigsaw puzzle. You know, <laughs> we don't see the whole thing until we get all the pieces in the right place. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we need, you know, to show love under all of these virtues mm-hmm. in order to get the whole thing and to measure up to Christ, who was perfect love. Since yeah. of course he was God too, <laughs> he couldn't help it. You know he. Yeah. Really loves love. He couldn't help it. He was just yeah. so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was good enough to come and live among us. Yeah. And yeah. to take on everything that we have to take on, except, of course, he never sinned, which is our big problem. Mm-hmm. We often drop off the, <laughs> yeah. off the line. Yeah. And we go off on our own for a while. <clears throat> and luckily, he is patient and he is the perfect lover. So he's waiting for us. Mm-hmm. He's always there trying to find a way to get us back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that's something people should realize, you know, nobody is forever lost in this life. You know, God is always after you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like, I mean, <laughs> not in a creepy you. way. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he won't, he won't leave you in peace because he really wants right. yeah. to get you back. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, um, is it First John where he, when he says uh, we love because he first loved us? Yes. You know, and um, I was as I was praying with this, I was uh, kind of just thumbing through the catechism on the section on conversion. And in paragraph 1432, it says that God gives us the strength to begin anew when we're when we're working toward conversion. But then it says it is in discovering the greatness of God's love that our heart is shaken by the horror and weight of sin and begins to fear offending God by sin and being separated from him. So I love that they're not emphasizing their like it's the fear of hell or the fear mm. of punishment or the mm-hmm. fear of the disappointing look that maybe your father gives you when you do the wrong thing or something. <laughs> you know. But it's it's really it's the fear of offending God whose love we have been struck by. Right. Because mm. we don't want to hurt the people we love. Yeah. 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 And I think that helps us the more and more we're able to grow in that sensibility as we mature in our faith and and deepen our relationship with Christ, the more we can recognize, I guess, more fluidly or more intuitively, what is love? Like we can Mm -hmm. start to see or differentiate beauty from the lack of beauty in that. We can we can differentiate a more holistic love, like you're kind of saying, Sister Leah, all Mm -hmm. those virtues together um, present the kind of love that that Christ invites us to like God who is love Mm -hmm. is all of those things. And he doesn't separate them in and of themselves, right? He is all of them together. And I think that going, going back actually to Psalm 45, one of the opening lines is that you are the fairest of the sons of men. Like you can, you can just recognize it right away. There's this translation that kind of makes me roll my eyes that goes, you are the handsomest man. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) But at the same time, I mean, that can be kind of helpful in the the sense of breaking it open. Like, no, you can recognize in an instant there is nobody like that. There is nothing like this type of love. Mm. And that's the kind we're being called to put on on top of everything else and show to the world that kind of love, Mm. that kind of man. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of, um, I'm not a very close friend of St. Therese, <laughs> I would say, but there are things 
about her that I have uh, I have felt very um, drawn to. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of my most favorite things that I ever came across in her writing was when she talks about I I don't have the exact quote, but um, she talks about like even if I had on my conscience the weight of every sin that could be committed, I would run to the arms of my Savior and yeah. like throw myself upon Him. You know, and um, I just I love that image like. He or she, you know, was a pretty innocent little soul and for the most part. And uh, the idea that, like, even if everything that I could do wrong, I had done wrong, Mm -hmm. I would throw myself into his arms. Just that understanding of who he is and the recognition of, like, his love and his mercy and and the love for him that would cause one to just kind of really want to run to him Mm -hmm. as opposed to hide from him. Yeah. I think is, is really beautiful. Well, sisters, mm-hmm. so usually we close by doing a quick little um, one takeaway, something from the conversation that maybe you'll walk away praying with or uh, that you kind of want to highlight or, or whatever. Um, so do you each have your, your one takeaway from the conversation? Sister Leah, your face of distress is making me think you need more time. <laughs> Oh, boy. I put these earphones over my ears so nothing would leave afterwards. Oh. I wouldn't lose any of the thoughts, but I don't know where they went. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't tight enough. No, something (laughs) seeped out. I think for me, my takeaway is, you know, what am I really putting on on top of everything else that that I want to show to the world and also that I want to bind everything together for myself? Um, just kind of re-examining that for myself, maybe even every morning. Um, not literally, because I mean, I wear a habit every morning, but but spiritually, what am I what am I really putting on um, for other people to see? I just keep thinking of um, the line in our founders' writings and also in our constitution that talk about uh, chastity as transparency of mind, will, heart, and behavior. Mm-hmm. And just thinking like transparency and put on feel like they're two different things. But when we're talking about Christ, actually, there's something really beautiful and crystal clear about about the purity that that he gives. And um, and one of the things that I love is that the founder talks about that chastity being described in that way as being what makes us capable of communicating God's love. Mm. And this idea of putting on all of these virtues so that we can have transparency of mind, will, heart, behavior, and be a communication of God's love. Um, Yeah, I feel like that's something I want to maybe pray with a little bit more this week. I'm at a loss for words. (laughs) You're just so struck by the handsomest man. Yeah, you shouldn't have said that. (laughs) The funny part of that is the handsomeness of Jesus would have been the handsomeness of the people in his area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We over here may not have thought him as handsome. That's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. There's no. It is cultural. Yeah. 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 And even but time. that's all right. Even though the Blessed Mother, we know is Irish because we've seen all of her statues. <laughs> oh, no. But we don't know what Jesus actually oh, looked no. like. Oh, no. A little dear. too Bostonian <laughs> for me there, sister. <laughs> but anyways, we want to put on not the physical appearance of Jesus, but the... The character of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was, you know, the perfect man. And um, he calls us to perfection, 
which is, you know, it's always a scary term for people, but it, it just means striving to be as the best that we can, as perfect as we can do it, you know, knowing our limitations and all, and depending on God, mm-hmm. who always sees us as perfect because he's our father and we're his children because of baptism where we started this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for our closing prayer, um, we're going to renew our baptismal promises. The The book that we have here is an older book, so this may not be the most recent translation. Um, but nevertheless, these are the promises that we make in baptism. And we invite all of our listeners, if you have been baptized, we invite you to renew your promises with us. If you have not, um, or if you're an RCIA awaiting baptism, this is a really beautiful moment to kind of hold these in your heart and look forward to the gift that Christ is offering to you. Dear friends, through the Paschal Mystery, we have been buried with Christ in baptism, so that we may rise with him to a new life. Now let us renew the promises we made in baptism when we rejected Satan and his works and promised to serve God faithfully in his holy Catholic Church. And so, do you reject Satan? I do. I do. And all his works? I do. do. And all his empty promises? I I do. do. Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? I do. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, was crucified, died, and was buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father? I do. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? I do. And we can pray together as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. God, the all-powerful Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, has given us a new birth, by water and the Holy Spirit, and forgiven all our sins. May he also keep us faithful to our Lord Jesus Christ, forever and ever. Amen. Jesus, Master, way, truth, and life. Have Have mercy mercy on us. Thank you so much, everyone. God bless you, and we'll be praying for you until next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.